on this beautiful Sunday. Man, it's so great to see you guys uh, in the building. Great to see you guys joining with us online. Welcome. Uh, we welcome you at New Life Church. Man, it's going to be an awesome Sunday today. Amen. Amen. And we just finished um, a three-week sermon series entitled So. And man, it was a great, great uh, sermon series. And I encourage you, encourage you guys to go back to watch those three weeks. Uh, if you can, So stood for Stand, Endurance, and Win. And we had a great time last week when we talked about win. And today we're going to switch gears a little bit, but still kind of in the, in the same vein. Um, this is a topic that Every Christian needs, every person needs, and that's the subject of faith. Y'all say faith. faith. And if you're taking notes, you can uh, write this down. Also, all of our notes are on our app. You can download our app. You can follow along with the notes there. Uh, that'll be for you uh, at your leisure. But if you're taking notes, write this down. The, the title of today's message is, It's Not Optional. Y'all say, It's Not Optional. It's not optional. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now that you're in the building with us. I thank you that you're in our hearts, that you speak, us, speak to us and lead us to all truth. I thank you that you open up our heart to hear what you have to say today concerning our faith, Lord God. That even though we may get tired and weary in our journey, that we will not lose faith. And I pray that today you would spark something on the inside of us that it would ignite a fire that says, I will trust you completely, Lord God, that it has a faith without uh, wavering, that's a faith with, that's unshakable. And I just thank you for just a fresh passion of faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Say, it's not optional. It is not optional. And you know, we live in a society that is full of options. If you look at any industry and any market, their prime objective is to give consumers options. You go to the supermarket, there's 18,952, I just made up a number, <laughs> of cereals that you can choose from. You can go down the bread aisle, and there's 18,1635 options of bread that you can, well, I want some wheat bread. Well, they have honey wheat bread. Then they have whole wheat bread, and there's so many different options of bread. You even go to Say, I want to buy a car. Okay, which brand of car would you like? Oh, I want a sedan. Okay, well, would you, what color would you like? Would you like that with heated seats or not? Would you like that with a spoiler or not? Would you like that with a sunroof? Would you like the interior blue, purple, yellow, or green? Would you like, and it's like so many options that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't make a decision. What about clothing? Where do you want to go shopping? You can go shopping anywhere now. There's so many different options. Like, I just need a black pair of pants. Okay, would you like uh, straight leg? Would you like boot cut? Would you? And it's like, oh my gosh, what are all these options? In any industry that you look in, the prime objective is to give you options. But the thing with options is sometimes, you ever been somewhere to eat? Let's just talk about eating. There are so many options to eat. What do you want to eat today? Well, I don't know. What do you feel like eating? Well, let's look at the options. And everybody weighs out their options, and we could get so many options that you feel like, you know what, I can't even make a decision because I'm getting overwhelmed with all of these options. It's so many options, I can't even choose. I, you know what, it's better for me not to make a decision because I don't want to make the wrong decision because I have options. But when it comes to our faith, it's not optional. We shouldn't have any options 
when it comes to our faith. But we can make such a practice of weighing out our options that we begin to view our faith in the same way. Well, my faith, it has options. You know what? I've been to church two weeks in a row. I think I deserve a break because I have options. You know, I had a long week. I'm going to just watch the service online, and I'm not picking on anybody watching online. So I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying we have options. And when you have so many options, you have to be careful that it doesn't spill over to your faith where you look at your faith and say, well, my faith is optional. And I just pick and choose when I want to use my faith. And it's like, you know what? Today is not a good time to use my faith, so I'm going to go on my past experiences. I don't need faith for this because life and experience has told me X, Y, and Z. But, you know, faith can be contrary to what your life experiences have taught you. When it comes to God and it comes to the spiritual realm and when it comes to faith, there are some things that your past experiences, it doesn't really matter when you're standing on faith. But when your faith becomes optional, you know, we can kind of treat faith like a spare tire. I know it's back there in case of an emergency. I could just pull it out whenever I need it because I know it's back there, but we never do anything to build our faith. You have to make a conscious decision that you say at all times, I'm going to build my faith. I'm going to build my faith. And the whole point of today's message is faith is not optional. But it's not optional, but I want to give you some ways, three ways that I know that guarantee this is take it to the bank, cash the check, foolproof. If you do these three things, you're going to build your faith. And you're going to build your faith. So your faith has to be built daily. Either you're growing your faith or you're not. It's as simple as that. Either your faith is growing or it's not. Either you're drawing closer to God or you're not. It's no in-between. So today I want to help encourage you to build your faith. The first thing you can write this down, number one way to build your faith. This is the guaranteed, take it to the bank, number one way <laughs> to build your faith. Write it down. It's to read the word. You want to build your faith? Read the word of God. Number one way to, I guarantee you, will encourage your faith, grow your faith, build your faith, is to read the word of God. Romans chapter 17, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So what is that saying? That says you need to hear the word in order to receive some faith. In order to receive the faith, you need to hear the word of God. That's reading the word. Some people like to hear the, the, the person read it back to them. That's great. It doesn't matter which way you like to consume it. You just need to get in the word. You need to get in the word of God. And when you get in the word of God, it's like seed. The word of God is like seed. Whenever you read it, it's just planting in your heart. It's just throwing out seed, planting in your heart. And then when times you, when you need it the most, guess what? God or the Holy Spirit can bring back a scripture or a passage of scripture back to your mind. You're like, whoa, I didn't even remember reading that. But what you were doing was planting seed every time you read, read the word of God. And that's why it's so important when you hear the word, when you read the word, that you have to say, God, water the seed that has been planted. God, I know what you're speaking to me. Please water this seed that you're throwing out. But if you never read the word, you never have any seed that's being planted. The word is like seed. Every word of God that you hear has the power to save your soul. 
Every word that God that you hear has the power to change your situation around. We have to make sure that we allow the Holy Spirit to quicken the word inside of us every time that we read it. One thing that I love to do when I read the word is, before I read, I always say, Holy Spirit, please speak to my heart. Give me fresh revelation of this word that I'm reading today and help me to apply it to my life. That's one prayer I pray every time I read the word because I want to know, Holy Spirit, God, what are you truly saying here? I really want to catch what you're saying. In James chapter 1, verse 21, it reads, So get rid of all filth and evil things in your lives and humbly accept the word of God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. We say, well, where did you get that from? That verse right there. It has the power to save your souls. It's like, see, it says there, it says, accept, humbly accept the word of God that was planted in your heart. So God plants the word inside of your heart. It's our responsibility to read it. It's our responsibility to soak it up. When I first got saved, I was so hungry for God. I'm talking about, boy, I was hungry for God. But the crazy thing was my hunger for God didn't match my hunger for the word. So I was hungry for God, but I wasn't reading the word like I should. And I always felt, God, I can't get to you. God, you're not speaking to me. God, I don't feel you. Until It wasn't until I really developed a discipline in reading the word that my hunger for God matched my appetite for what I was, what I was feeling sad, what I was longing for. And when I started reading the word, then that hunger for God, I started being satisfied. But it wasn't until I got in the word that that hunger was satisfied. Before then, I was always, there's got to be more. You ever prayed those prayers? God, there's got to be more of you. I need to know you more. But what God is saying is read my word. You'll find out all there is to know about me. And at that point, I hadn't discovered that yet. I just was, no, I was hungry for God. But what God was saying, read my word. And the moment I began to read his word and he planted his word in my heart, I began to understand God and the things of God even more. But it had to start with me having a hunger for the word of God. You have to hunger for the word. So what they taught me is this, is that I can't say I'm hungry for God if I don't read his word. A proof that I'm hungry for God is saying that I'm going to get in his word. When you're truly hungry for God, you're going to get in the word. And what is it going to do? It's going to build your faith. Your faith is going to grow. If you're always feeling discouraged and, and down, I encourage you, get in the word of God. I always know when something is off in my life because there's a lack of word that is going in. But when you make a practice, and I'm not saying that every time you read your word, you're going to get this great revelation. That's not the point. The point is you're getting it inside of you because it's seed. But you have to make a practice of reading the word. When you get the word inside of you, it, it, it fuels you. It gives you fuel. It gives you understanding. But if you don't read it, you have no fuel. You don't have understanding. And you have no words of faith, no works of faith. The word encourages you and strengthens you to go out and do something. But if you don't read it, you'll never be motivated to do anything. And there's so many things that the word of God does that unlocks it inside of you that it gives you understanding. Like, it'll give you understanding of the mission of our church. What is our mission? We're united in truth. It's on the screen. Developed in relationship to reach the world around us. The more you read in the word, you understand why we need to be united by truth. 
The more you read the word, you'll understand why we need to be developed in relationship and why we need to go out and reach the world around us, which is evangelism. The more you read the word and get an understanding of that, then things begin to make sense. But when there's a lack of understanding, that means there's a lack of word in your life. And I'm not just talking about in the church. I'm talking about in your life. When you begin to get in the word and you begin to understand what God is speaking, it brings clarity to your situation. If you have a lack of clarity in certain areas, read the word and what it says. I guarantee you something in there, it will unlock. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's the first thing. How do I build my faith? First way I build my faith is I read the word of God. Second way that I build my faith, you can write this down. Not only do I read the word, but I heed the word. I heed the word. James chapter 1, verse 22, 2 through 24. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. So, yes, you're reading the word. That's great. That's the first step. That's like number one, not optional. I have to read the word. But now that I'm reading the word, I have to heed to the word. What does that mean? I have to do what it says. I have to put it into action. I have to be quick to put the word of God in action. If you want your faith to grow, you can't just hear the word. You have to do what it says. The moment you start applying the word of God to your life, now you just took another step. Now you just move the ball a little bit further down the field to the goal line. Now you just grew your faith just a little bit more. You're reading the word. Now I'm doing the word. I'm doing what the word says. And when you boil, I'm telling you, every one of us has a measure of faith. The way that you grow your measure of faith is reading the word, but then doing what it says. And the moment you begin to do what it says, your measure of faith begins to grow. I mean, it springs forth on the inside of you. It brings an excitement. It brings a passion. It brings a joy on the inside of you like never before because the live is, a, is, a, is, is, is alive and it's active and it's speaking right now. And when you put it into practice, it has no result but to produce fruit. And when you see that fruit being produced in your life, it excites you to say, I need to do this more. God, I need to read your word more so I can do more of what it says. It's the word. You have to do what it says. You know, if there's an area in your life that you say, I'm not seeing the fruit that I want, I would encourage you, go read scriptures to find out what the scripture says about that situation. And when you find it, do what it says. I remember there was a time in my, in my life when I, was a, in my single, when I was single, I was like, God, my finances, they need to change. I need my finances to grow. And then I started reading all through scripture that God says that, he loves a cheerful giver, or he loves a person that has a heart of generosity. So you know what I said? I need to be a cheerful giver. I need to up my, my, my giving. And when I did that, guess what? My increases, my finances increased. Why is that? Because I didn't just hear the word, I did what it says. And that's just any area of your life. Whatever you feel like you like, God, I just, I just can't find peace. I'm always stressed out. Find some scriptures on peace, and then do what it says. And I guarantee you, peace will come. But you have to not just read the word. You have to do what it says. What you're doing is when you're putting the word into practice is you're creating healthy habits that will continually put you 
and situations where your faith can grow. The longer you cherry pick and say, well, I think I'll do this and I won't, you always stand in that optional mode where my faith is optional. Your faith becomes optional when you say, well, I know the word says this, but I don't want to do that. Now it's becoming optional. Well, I don't know. I don't like what the word says about this. That's the only verse in the Bible that just don't sit right with me. Well, now it's optional. But faith is not optional. You want your faith to grow. Not only do you read it, but you apply it. If you ever hear a message that speaks directly to your heart, don't just say, oh, that was a good message. What you have to say is, what spoke directly to your heart? Whatever that is, immediately put that into practice. Whenever you hear the word, you hear a message, don't just, oh, that was a good word. No, whatever it is that spoke to your heart, immediately put it into practice. And what you realize is your faith will begin to grow. Yeah. What, that's what happened to me. I start hearing the word every Sunday. I start positioning, my, positioning myself to hear the word, and I say, I'm going to put it into practice. And before long, I'm like, man, my inner man is stronger than it's ever been. Like, I'm believing God for things that I never thought I believed God for. What is that? I began to put the word into practice. I began to act on it. I took heed to the word and said, I'm not just going to hear it. I'm going to do what the word says. Any area of your life that you feel like I don't have freedom in, pride, lust, unforgiveness, fear, doubt, insecurities, whatever it is, read the word, find out what it says about it, apply it, and I guarantee you, your faith will grow. And you say, well, I've been already doing that and I don't see any breakthrough. Keep doing it. The word works. You just have to work it. <laughs> you have to work the word, meaning that you still have to put it into practice because the more you put it into practice, guess what? Your faith builds. We're talking about building our faith today. So we're building our faith by reading the word. I'm, I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to study the word. I'm going to get me a daily reading plan. The best way to, to, to become consistent and intentional with the word is your daily devotions. I would encourage you, if you don't have a Bible reading plan you're watching online, get your reading plan. It breaks it down. It tells you what to read every day. That's what I use. I use the, there are so many reading plans out there that you can get. You can download the uh, version app. They have apps on there. You can even share it with your friends, and y'all can read the word together. But do whatever you have to do to get the word inside of you. And the more you put a practice of putting the word inside of you, I guarantee you, the more that you'll you, your faith will begin to grow. So the first thing, I read the word. Second thing, I take heed to the word. The third thing is this. You can write this down. I test the word. I test the word. Malachi chapter 3, verse 9. It says, you are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. What does it say next? Put me to the what? Put me to the what? Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. Now, when I use this word test, I'm not saying that we contest God, meaning that we test God, contest God to see how far he can go with his mercy and grace with us. That's not what I'm saying. But when I use this word test, I'm saying when you read a scripture and you apply it, you say, God, this is what your word says. I'm going to test you in your word to show that it is true. 
That's what he was saying there. He was saying that you have robbed me. Now you're under a curse. But if you bring all the tithes to the storehouse, he said, see that I won't pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Test me in this area. What he's saying is test me to see that my word is true. So what we do is when we get scriptures, we read scriptures, we take heed to it. We say, okay, God, I got this scripture. Guess what? I'm going to test you to see that this word, your word is true. And time after time, God will prove that his word is true, that his word never fails, that his word, word never comes back null or void. We just have to put it to the test. And how do you put it to the test? That means you recite it and you stand on it. You say, God, I'm going to stand on this verse. I'm going to stand on your word, and I'm going to prove that your word is true, not only to myself, but to the devil himself to let him know, Satan, I don't care what you say. I don't care about your lies. I'm standing on the word, and God's words prove that it's true. Amen? Amen. You know, in school, they give you tests, but all tests are is to test you on the things that you've learned if you can comprehend it and you can, re you can uh, recite it. Can you comprehend what you've been taught? Can you comprehend what you've learned? It's just like that with the word. Can you, when the test comes, can you recite the verses that you've been studying? Can you pull out scriptures that you've been standing on when the time of testing comes? Because if you hadn't been reading your word, and if you hadn't been applying your word, when the test comes, you have nothing to pull from. So, my encouragement will be this. Most times, we try to run to the word when we're in difficulty, when we're in lack, when trials and tribulations come. That's a great time to get in the word. The best time to get in the word is when nothing is going on. When you're on the mountaintop, not in the valley. Because when you're in the mountaintop and you can build your faith, just know that if you're on the mountaintop, soon the valley is coming. But if you've been filling your tank with the word and you've been standing on the word and applying the word, so whenever a test comes, guess what? You're prepared. You already prepared because guess what? I've made a practice of reading the word, applying the word. Now it's time for me to test the word. Now I'm ready to test. God, my faith is so strong right now that I don't care what the devil throws at me. I'm ready for this test and I'm going to pass with flying colors. Why? Because I've been putting, filling my tank with the word of God. But that comes with intentionality. You have to be consistent. You can't just say, well, I'm going to just take a few days off. I'm telling you, I know if I read the word one day and I go two, three days without it, something's on the inside. My spirit, man, is hungry. And nothing can satisfy it but the word. The more you become consistent in the word, I'm telling you, the more your faith will be built. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14 this is a verse that I've been standing on. Oh, Lord, if you heal me, I will truly be healed. If you save me, I will truly be saved. My praises are for you alone. Whenever you walk through difficulty, you need to have you some scriptures that you're standing on. And before we close today, I just want to read a few scriptures on certain different areas just to kind of show you. What does the word say on healing? I just read one from Jeremiah 17, 14. Jeremiah 30, verse 7, it says this. But I will restore you to health and, your, and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Yeah. Psalms 30, verse 2. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health. Yeah. Malachi 4, 2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings yeah. and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out of pastures. Yeah. Well, what does the word say on faith? 
It says in Matthew 21, 22, you can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Romans 10, 11, as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. That's a good one right there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, you love him even though you have not seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and re you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him is that you will be, you will be the salvation of your souls. What does the word say on blessing? On uh, number 6, verse 24 to 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Proverbs 16, 20, whoever gives heed to these instructions prospers, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. What does it say on peace? I, I'm being tormented. I don't have peace. This is what the word says on peace. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these final words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the, the God of love and peace will be with you. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since you as members of one body were called to peace. And be thankful. Those are just a few scriptures that I wanted to share. But the point is, is that you need to get the word down inside of you. So whatever situation that you walk through, you can go back. Like, it's always good to have some verses written down already. So you can know, like, you know what? These are my verses that I go to. And then as you read the word daily, then you can highlight it, mark it down, write it down to go back to those verses to encourage you and to ignite and build your faith. So faith is not optional. And if you do these things, you read the word, you heed the word, and you test the word, your faith will never be optional. It's always going to be up front and center. You struggling with your faith? Do those three things. You lacking in your faith? God, I just want to trust you more. Do these three things. Because faith is not optional. We're living in a time now where your faith cannot be optional. We're living in a world where your faith cannot be optional. Your faith has to be sharp. It has to be active. And you have to fight for your faith. You have to fight for your faith. How do you fight for it? Those three things. Read the word, heed the word, and test the word. I promise you, God will not be upset if you test him in his word because his word will prove true every single time. Every time. God's not offended by you testing his word. Well, God, your word says this. When is going to happen? Well, keep believing until it does. Keep standing until it does. Keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep standing. What is that going to do? Well, God, I'm tired. How long have to stay? It don't matter. Your faith is going to grow because think what it's going to feel like when you receive that breakthrough. Boy, your faith is going to go to a new level. And you're going to tell everybody around you that you can that my God is a God that comes through. My God is a God of, of the breakthrough. My God is a God that is a miracle worker. My God is a God that promises a yes and amen. All those things because of his word. You got to get in the word. You got to get in the word. You got to do what the word says. You got to heed to it. And you got to test the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. I know that was a simple word, but it's an encouraging word. We need the word. But we, more importantly, we need our faith to be built. And we build it by our faith. Amen? Amen. You can bow your head and close your eyes. I just want to, before we close, give an opportunity for those in the room, those online that... 
We're talking about faith, but you say my faith is not in God. Matter of fact, I feel like my faith is more in myself than it is in God. I've been leaning on my own understanding. I've been leaning on my own knowledge and past circumstances and life experiences to make decisions. But, man, if I were to be honest, my faith is not in God at all. But I want to make a decision today. I want to come to Christ. I want to trust him. I want my faith to be solely in him. If you're in a room today, you're watching online, you want to come into right relationship with God. You want your faith to be solely in him. You want to trust him with all of your heart. That's you. If you're in the room, you're watching online, I just want you to very reverently just raise your hand no, with no one looking around. You can just lift your hand. Amen. Amen. You online, I know we can't see your hands raised, but I want you to do this with us as well. I want everyone in the room and online just to place your hand over your heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're coming into my heart right now. I thank you that you're filling me with a fresh faith and a fresh hope for my future. Lord, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. And I receive that gift, the gift of salvation. And I will run after you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those that made that decision to follow Christ. If you're online you, and uh, you made that decision to follow Christ, just drop a comment in the comment section, whether you're watching now or later. Let us know that you made that decision. We love to reach out to you to hear what God did in your heart in this moment. Love to agree with you and pray with you about anything that there may be. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Before we go, I uh, just want to give you guys a few announcements on December 18th is our Songs of Christmas experience. It's going to be a great, great time. Mark your calendars for that. That's a Saturday, December 18th. It's going to be great. going to be right here in our sanctuary. We'd love for you guys to come out, sing some Christmas songs, some hymns and stuff like that with us. It's going to be great. Also, this Wednesday, 6.30, we have prayer. Love to you to be in the building, man. We've been having a great, great time in prayer on Wednesday nights. And I'm telling you, you want to be in the building for Wednesday night on prayer. We're in here for one hour, but God shows up, he moves, and we're having a great time. And we're about to give in a moment. And if you're online, you're prepared to give. There's a few ways you could do that. You can go to our website at newlifemobile.org. Just go there on our homepage. There's a tab that says give online. Click that link. You can give there. Or you can download our app. And you can give on our app as well. You can go to our website or Facebook page to mail in a check or money order as well. But let's pray over uh, the offering and you guys are dismissed online. Lord, we thank you for the tithe, Lord God. We read it in your word today that it says that if we bring the tithe into the storehouse, won't you pour out a blessing that we can't contain? And Lord, we put you to the test in this area. I pray for every person that is a giver, Lord God, that they're a cheerful giver, they're a generous giver. And I pray that you would bless their finances, bless the finances of your people, bless the finances of the church, that we would have everything that we need, that there be no lack in our households. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We love you guys. Hope to see you this Wednesday at 6.30. Thank you, you guys, for tuning in. Y'all have a great Sunday and a great rest of the week.